Hi, and welcome to Making Sense of It with me, Emma Kenny. And me, Pete Smith. So today, you may hear in the background a little bit of disturbance because as we told you in our last podcast, because obviously you have listened intently to every single one of these and not just stumbled across this number because you were randomly looking for something else that might make sense, we are having some work done on our bathroom and our house, which means that there might be a little bit of intermittent disturbance because we like to keep it real and do it in our kitchen. I also have a sick chihuahua on my knee at the moment so it could be one of those very interesting podcasts where you hear various noises that are not coming from me and pete yeah as per usual the ginger fox chihuahua is currently trying to have a face sex session with the larger dog once again a romantic liaison with an oversized animal compared to him as in other podcasts yeah but you can't knock a trier, that's what we say, and try he does. So this week has been one of those where we again said yes, because this was the week that me and Pete went off to present a little show called Animal Earth together. It was. I felt like John Craven. I know. Slash Chris Packham slash Sarah Green. Pretty much. Michaela Strachan, the lot yeah. of them. And a bloody ding dong who goes flying about in a... Helicopter. Treasure hunt woman. Yeah, and... Uh, no idea. She no. had a really nice bum, I remember that. There was a lot of stuff about her bottom that used to get in the news. Yeah, it was all right for the 90s. Annika Rice. That's the one, Annika oh, Rice. that wasn't that. It was Annika, Annika. Yeah. Anyway, so we went along and we did that. And Pete went all the way driving home going, I'm really glad I did that. I'm really glad I did that. So that was a big tick <laughs> off your list, wasn't it? It was a tick off my list. It was something that I never thought I'd do. You know, it was just mad. Mad, there were mad. animals. It's like it was like, like imagine getting, saying yes to something that you've just thought. Well, well, I'm always on the other side of the camera, you see. And uh, Emma was just like, "Right, let's. Uh, why don't you do this with me? A yes thing." And I was like, "Okay." And I sort of I was a little bit nervous, and I just thought, "Oh, come on, man! I'm an adult, you know. And it's, it's it's a laugh." If anything, you know, and it was it was all about helping the, the students out and stuff who we were doing it, and uh, it was, I mean, these students were really good. At, it was a, it's a full full working studio, and it was a f- proper set, you know. And it was hilarious, really, because when I got in touch with them and said I'll do it, I don't think they believed I was me. Not that I'm anything but Z-list, but at least I'm on a list. And I think, first of all, they were questioning whether it really was me until yeah. we sent that little thing of us. And then they were like, we'll have both of you. Yeah. And we went I down. Think, I, I do think they only took me, though, because, you know, it was part and parcel of having you. But you were great. Yeah. You were really good. You were a natural and it was funny. You and we had an, such good yeah. fun. Now is not the time for you needing affirmations. Yeah. You're going to go, do you think I was natural? Yeah, This mm. isn't about mm. you. It's time to procrastinate. <laughs> just like, can you reinforce me and make me feel valuable? Yeah. You're very good. I'll be, just watch out next. I'll be having one of those little long microphones like uh, Teddy Wogan and Russell Brand and I'll be... Uh, running, running randomly running around, around the street yeah. saying, join me in the Pete show. Yeah, it'll be called the Pete show. <laughs> I'll just stand there making funny noises. But it's nice doing nice things for people. Yeah, it is. And it was fun. It was. It was and we got really to... Be around dogs, which we obviously don't have enough of in our lives, but it was cool kind of being around other animals and just filming when they say you shouldn't ever film with kids or animals. We filmed with animals and it went really, really well. It so did. there you go. It in did. fact, when they release it at some point, we will put a little clip so you can see me and Mr. Pete Smith yes, the taking lovable. part for the first yeah. time, the lovable scruff. The lovable scruff and the barking mad <laughs> They may have been our lines, but never mind. So this week, what's been going down with you, Pete, apart from the fact that we've said yes and obviously Obviously, this is going to completely transform our lives and probably soon we'll be signing up to go to Mars. So, not predominantly. I won't say predominantly because that would be an insult to my, you know, my thoughts around my family and everyday life within my house. But I have <laughs> been having a lot of thoughts of I'm, like doing stuff like DIY. And that, like. Oh, Pete's getting really excited. He's <laughs> getting really excited. It's like, you know, like when... When you're young, you don't really care, you know, unless like, you know, I mean, I always was good, good doing things like artistic, but when it came to DIY, my, my patience was zero and uh, I was too busy thinking about, you know. Girls. And yeah, girls in the, in the next party and, you know, oh, I've just realised there's makeup on our table. And um, so if you can't, you know, obviously that's not going to be able to be seen when you're listening on a podcast on iTunes, but we have makeup <laughs> on the table that I'm not to clean. It's not mine. All right, got yeah, nothing well, to do with yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously mine. Um, <laughs> and I've just been like, I've, I've suddenly become this, right, 
Patience is now the, the key. Patience is the gift of patience. It is. That's what they say. Thomas Aquinas, patience it's... is the gift of patience. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I've heard that before. Have you not? No. Have well, you lived I'm, with me I'm for such a long time and not I've had gradually that? I've actually learned to be patient because mm. I realise now that if you just rush things, they don't get done properly. No. You know, that's why I think I was okay, I was okay at decorating, like painting and stuff, because there's only one way to go with that. You know, um... Wrong in my, in my evidence... Go wrong. Yeah. When I have a paint pot, whatever I try, it always ends up yeah. everywhere I mean, decorating else. paint, not like painting as like, you know, painting a mural. I mean, that's completely different itself. <laughs> you know, that's, that is procedures and the way you work in your eye. But decorating, yeah, that was, I was all right with that. But now I realise that you've got to follow the rules because if you don't, use the right tools, you, you know, things fall to bits or fall out the walls. See, I was brought up by Don and Don does not apply that set of strategic rules to any kind of job. In fact, my father literally starts a job and hurts himself within moments at some point during the job it looks like it's not just gone wrong but there's a catastrophe happening and then there's a lot of swearing and mumbling and there's a lot of sweating my dad sweats a lot during these things there's a lot of sighing there's shaking his head and then at the end it's bloody great it's like he's just created this masterpiece often he's put things there that probably shouldn't even be there but will work better than had they initially been developed for that absolute purpose I totally agree. So I've been brought up in a different way, which is impatience is the gift of DIY. Impatience is the gift of DIY. It's not just DIY I'm talking about. I'm talking about building a shed. I'm talking about, you know, doing stuff in the garden. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, right. So I'm always going to be in the shadow of Don. (laughs) Well, the thing is, you will be in the shadow of Don a little bit because... He is super brilliant at everything, but you are very firmly catching up within that scenario of getting in the light because he is amazing. But you also are learning all the tricks of his trade. Yeah, so I'm, including I'm, his stress level, as we've talked about. There's probably people before. out there listening now thinking, you know, come on, Pete, I've been doing DIY since I was sixteen. You know, I did a trade. I'm in a trade. I say, well, you know, I'm catching up now. So, but yeah, yeah. that's my, that's been sort of up to now because it's. You know, because it's only Tuesday. You're feeling very accomplished though, aren't you? Very, very accomplished about these new tasks and skills. The thing is though, I'm useless at DIY and I want to think that if I turned my hand to it, I would be able to develop that skill. But it's a bit like baking cakes. I'm really good at baking cakes, but I'm not very good at decorating them. And my grandma gave me loads and loads of tools and things that I could use because I was the one inheriting that space in our family because I make cakes. So I'm good at making cakes. I know you are. But I'm dreadful at any kind of decoration. It doesn't matter how many times I practice. One, I'm like, I can't be bothered making all these roses. That's number one. Number two, when I try, none of them look like they fit. And most importantly, I don't think that anything that needs to taste nice should necessarily look nice. I, you know what? I was just about to say that. It gets eaten. It gets Unless eaten. Unless it's going into a, excuse me, how good is that cake look competition? Yeah. Because like the cake might... I mean, like, I wouldn't even go for like, like country village ones, you know, where they do the little village shows. I wouldn't even go in for them. Because no. people would just walk past it and go, oh, somebody's dropped that one. But that would actually be the one that I'd entered. Or you can just call it a drop cake. There is actually something called a drop, but it, it wouldn't work because that's not what they look like. Or a dropped cake. No, it would genuinely look like a cake that had been yeah. dropped, is what I'm saying as well, you know. That's so what they'd it could walk be past it. Genuinely, it has been dropped cake. <laughs> <laughs> then nobody would eat it. I would because I know how good they are. <laughs> I'd, I'd make sure I was the judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd move there. Work. I'd move there three years before I train. Yeah, no, be, become like join the WRBS. Yeah, yeah, become like known in the local community as a really, really good person doing stuff. Running around, <laughs> Mr. Like, Peter Smith, head of the uh, women's league and women's institute. Yeah, I'll do like you know, like the end of uh, Groundhog Day, where he has to do things all the way through, and he has it all timed. He'll do that every day, perfect. <laughs> and then he'll go, "Hey, man, this guy should be the." Judge why are they all from 1971 and they're all stoned? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is hey that man. why? That's what you're saying about my cake that they need to all be heavily under the influence of drugs to hey actually man. make you do that. Guy there, he should be the, the, yeah. the hey cake. Man. cake. Let's just eat all the cake. We don't even care about the cake. Yeah. We're so wrecked. We just got the munches. Isn't it funny that we're all like between the ages of 20 and 35? Then. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we've just found out that that's not going to work either. Let's just keep my entries. It's like from a the Scooby Doo cartoon, isn't it? 
just stop before you even go there. I don't want to hear another one of your stupid impressions and neither does anybody else listening. So trying to shoehorn some terrible impression into this podcast is not happening. I'm putting a veto on it. No. Everybody who is listening to any of ours knows that this is not happening. Right? Stop. It's a good subject for a podcast, that. People send in... Things to you, send things into me, like anonymous, like for us, like, you know what I mean? Of things that we have to try and shoehorn into the podcast without the other one knowing. The thing is, though, you're rubbish at that. <laughs> submarines. So let's talk about submarines. Pete, that wasn't shoehorning, that was blatant just talking about it. So, yeah, that's not going to happen anyway. But I had another situation that I need to reflect on. Do you remember what it was? What I did. <laughs> Put me on the spot. What was, what was my other yes? What oh, your other yes? Yeah. It was... Um, your other yes. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Oh, yes, I know what it was. What was it? it was going and meeting people because of your social anxiety. Yes. So I was just thinking then, I was thinking, I was too busy thinking about building sheds. <laughs> I did apologise in the future. I'm sat looking at you and all I can think about while I'm doing this podcast is like, oh shit, you know, I've got to go and get some like pavement slabs and some stuff to like put a base down and Foundation. then try and figure out how to get a shed <laughs> and build it. The B&Q is selling for £200 more than they need to. I know. It's the shed store. It's the That's shed the store. Shedstore.co.uk. They've not even paid us for that. But yeah. That's where it's going for your it's shed three needs. foot by six foot left left-sided uh, shed oh. with a door at the front. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my other yes was to start networking because I have two apps that are under development and I basically need to corporate beg. I need to go out and see people who might have and go, can I have a bit of it? And then they go, yeah. And I go, good, I'll make you rich with my apps. And they'll go, thank you. Here's a million pounds. That's how it's meant to go. It's not actually going like that at the moment, but it seems to be a little bit more difficult and challenging than just signing checks over to me in a restaurant. But nevertheless, I asked for somebody's email, got in touch. He's actually amazingly lovely. But he wanted to meet at one of his private members clubs. And it was a very exclusive place in Mayfair. Now, I'm sure any of you who watch me on television and any of you who listen to me on this podcast will be aware that I am obviously such a high-level, classy chick who would automatically know how to use the cutlery in such circumstances. So... I'm just chuckling because I know where this is going. <laughs> Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> <Just> clicked. <laughs> initially, so this is how it goes, and I'm going to take you through the stages. So, first of all, bang on this morning, because usually I do a day a week for this morning, give me a call and say, Can I do the morning, the day that I'm meeting this guy? So, brilliant, because they're paying my travel. And also, they get me a peak ticket, which means that I can come home after 3 pm without having to throw women and children behind me rushing for the last off-peak train. And then people who go to Euston throughout any day will understand Anybody. exactly what we're talking about. Anybody. It's every man and woman and child for themselves, literally. But anyway, I get myself there. They really do my makeup and my hair and they really go to town on it that day. They've obviously got a little bit of time and they really look after me. I'm wearing what I think is quite functional because I've got to do it for TV and I've got to go for a meal afterwards. So I'm kind of liking like leather look, leggings, jeans, um, a really like classic cut Ted Baker jacket and a shirt with zebras on in heels. Yes, I'm going to say you missed that. I'm glad you put the heels in there. And my <laughs> 10-year-old heels that I only ever wear on TV, so they've lasted a long time. So I get all done up. I've got quite heavy makeup on, obviously, because I've done this morning. And then I'm really nervous, do a bit on this morning, and go to meet this guy where it is at this exclusive club. Now, it just goes from bad to worse at this point. Because... I walk through the door. Well, I say walk. I probably stumble because I'm still wearing heels because I've got my pumps in my bag because I can't go there in my pumps. So I stumble in with my River Island bag, very high level. And immediately the opulence is just ridiculous. I'm not meant to be there. I know I'm not meant to be there. And I should never have entered that place. It's well, one think, of those I, places. I think the building itself was sold, and it was sold not long back. Well, it was sold and bought by 90 million 
We won't it, say what it is because it's... It's serious. not... I should not be there. And everybody who looks at me in my overdone makeup and hair situation is immediately thinking, she's a Russian prostitute. Seriously. No disrespect to anybody who might be a Russian prostitute. I'm just saying, I look like I'm quite heavily overdone and I might be going to meet a man for lunch and maybe some more favours. I walk in to add insult to injury... On this trajectory of potential thought, there's guys, and there's like six of them behind this counter because they all have to do individual things for you, you know, from signing you in to showing you your cloakroom to taking you down to your chair to saying hello, all of those different things, right? Different world. So I walk in and I say the name of this person and literally the guy flinches, he like, physically flinches and just says, oh, madam, you're here first, which is fine because I like being early for everything. They escort me to my chair and on the way, he tells me the way to pronounce the guy's name that I'm meeting. So I've pronounced the name wrong. <laughs> so I've walked in heavily overdone, looking a little bit like Cher from the 1980s on reflection. And I've got the name of the guy that I'm meeting at this place for lunch wrong, which suggests I don't really know who he is. And maybe he's just booked me on the internet, hence why I pronounced it that way. Was it, was it Cher in the film The Mask? It was just Cher throughout oh, the 1980s. So that means, yeah, all the way through. Yeah, it's the same look, isn't it? Fine, yeah. So then I get to my, and I'm dying. I'm dying at this point. And I sit down. I can't look around. So I sit on my back to everyone. And he arrives. And he's very, very gentlemanly. He's lovely and very chivalrous and sits me down. And they come over and they ask me what I want to drink. <laughs> they ask me what I want to drink. And... It's like, I've said this, if you've listened to any of our other podcasts, I have this Sauvignon Blanc Tourette's, and I just said Sauvignon Blanc, and it was like the whole place went, <gasps> silence, and everyone stared at me, and they don't serve Sauvignon Blanc, because it's just too cheap, and I literally felt myself become a vacuum of insecurity and phobic reaction to the state and I just died a million times so my yes proved to be a ooh that's been quite a painful experience maybe don't repeat it again I just like the fact that the, <coughs> the man that you uh, the lovely man that you, you met the talk business was actually turned around as well and said yes and I'll have a Sauvignon Blanc too <laughs> Yes, it was really funny that he took the piss out of me for that. Yes, why don't we all do that? Why didn't we all the staff just point and laugh at me as well? They did. And then <laughs> they did. I would have been the talk of the town. And then the, as I, and the worst bit was after I do, he started to read the list of wines. I thought, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. So we got to the third one. I have that. And it was just, it was delicious. The best wine I've ever had. So it's yeah. the worst bit is as well. Eight hundred pounds a bottle. I don't even know how much it was, but the the food was like sixty one quid. It was ludicrously expensive. Mm. Anyway, that was my painful. I am not within that class system. And actually, as I left, I said to him, "I am going to see him again because he's amazing. He's a really interesting guy." But I said to him as I was leaving, um, I'll buy you lunch next time. He said, oh, that'd be very kind. I went, but it will be Burger King. And he didn't realise how much truth there was in what I was saying in that moment. Because I had offered to pay for that lunch as well. But because he was so chivalrous and a gentleman, he paid. But I got my card out and everything. And I was thinking, bloody hell, don't make me pay for it. That's the mortgage. That's the kids on bread. Do you know what I mean? I can't pay me insurance on my car, mate. Yeah. I hope he doesn't listen to this, though. That'd be terrible. Why? Well, could you imagine if I'm recounting it from this position and he listens to it and he's already he... questioning my class system without listening to me go on about I how terrified you know, I was? I don't think he's the type of man that is bothered about the class the system. The thing is, as I walked out... Although this... Yeah, As I walked out, yeah, the guy who led me in and whose name he'd told me kind of gave me a smile and a wink like because he knew he'd kind of... Because he was going, he was yeah. looking at me and he was going we're on the same level, aren't we, dear? And I was like, yeah, we're on the same We totally get each other. Like, I should be where you are as well. That's our level. We're quite happy with it, but that's where we belong. Crazy. I mean, that is, it is a whole different level, isn't it? I mean, one can only imagine the... Opulence. Well, yeah, I mean, that is like, 
super, super level rich, isn't it? That's I know, no, but the thing is, though, I couldn't do that anyway because you know what I'm like. I'm bargain basement. At the end of the day, you saw what happened before. I've just been out, saw a shop closing down, bought six jumpers because there were a fiver each. That's what I think my life will always be, no matter whether I were, earn money or don't earn money. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And those jumpers are going to be worn by me. <laughs> they are going to all be worn by you. I really treat you. I know how to spoil you. Absolutely. Bring the Ferrero Rocher out. <laughs> After eight minutes for me. That's you. another one. That's the way that... I love that advertising, isn't it? Do you remember when you were a kid and yeah. you see them like, oh, you're, Mr. President, you are really spelling us. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just like a massive, like, pile of Ferrero Rocher. Which isn't... One I wouldn't have taken because yeah. I'd have pulled one and it'd have been like a plunk and they'd have gone everywhere. Oh, dirty hands, they weren't, were, they, were, they, were they wrapped? They weren't no, they were wrapped. wrapped. Were they? Oh, yes. All right. They were well, wrapped. The thing is, though, what she doesn't realise, she's going, oh, I put it you or Monsieur, you are spoiling us, whatever she says. What she, what she doesn't realise is, it's not. You're no, it's like four ninety nine a packet. You're, you're, you're in the back room, you're stuck away. You know what I mean? The, the, the real party's next door in the room and he's in there with caviar and, you know... <laughs> Three million pound vodka, and you know what I mean? Like you lot at the front with the Ferrero Rocher. And but Ferrero Rocher is not highbrow, but it was when we were kids, we were brought up to be like, that's where mainstream advertising is that those things, because they're wrapped in gold and they've got their own sticker. So, where was it based, that you reckon? Was it Bulgaria or Eastern Europe or something? Was it? I don't know. Something where Chitty Chitty Bang Bang ends up. That's what it always in my head it was like. You know, Chichi Chichi Bang Bang, they always... I've got literally, if there was if there was a, a moment in time where I could say, I've got literally no idea where you're going with this one. <laughs> just wondering That's where it. it was based. What? Uh, what, what? At some point, you've lost the... sleep over the idea. Oh, the Ferrero Rocher advert. Oh, I wonder where that was based. Is it Eastern Europe? Maybe, maybe there's some some connection with some uh, Disney film. Chichi Chichi Bang, that'll be it, yeah. Chichi Chichi Bang on Disney? I don't care. I don't. I literally... Do not care. At a time where we're about to potentially go to war with Russia, that is not something that I've questioned. Well, I don't know. Like, if you go to war with Russia, Chitty-Bang will be a decent weapon. In my head. I despair. I know, I sometimes despair my own thoughts. I despair. Speaking of which... Just send Dick Van Dyke What's he going to do? Just like attack people with his various accents? Don't! Don't! He's doing it again. You're doing it again. He's trying to get an accent in. I'm and not, not yes, not you sure are. I'm watching you know, your, your mouth went up at the corner because you were going to do a cockney. Not, Stop it! <laughs> I ain't going to do it, cockney. <laughs> terrible. Your face looks at me with despair. Terrible, it's terrible. Hello. You walked in the other day and I was doing a, I was doing a Dick Van Dyke dance. You, yeah, you've been doing a lot of Dick Van Dyke dancing. I've been there, doing a lot at all. That's a complete, yeah. massive exaggeration. I mean, one day I'm going to walk in and you're going to have someone else in here and you're going to be doing the truly scrumptious skit. <laughs> it's purely because Emily Blunt's playing uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, that's good, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it can't wait for it. Literally can't wait for it. Tell you what I'm looking forward to. And I reckon a few more people are going to look forward to I know people are saying Black Panther's good. Da, 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 you know, we We've seen not seen it, that. Yeah. We need to see that. It's the Avengers new movie. Yeah, I know, but I think we need to see the Panther. Yeah, but the Avengers movie. I know, but they're always good, aren't they? It's like whenever that other one that we watch comes out, Guardians of the Galaxy, we just want to watch that all the time. Yeah, but it's brilliant. In it. I know they're in it, yeah. and they're the funny ones, but what I'm saying is we get excited when any of these kind of follow ons yeah. arrive. And there's also the Spielberg one as well. We've not even. Clear one, ready yeah, something to score. Going to watch that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I yeah we do movie reviews now. Yeah. <laughs> Which ones can beat illegally download? Let's see. Not that we do that ever. It would never happen. Always go to the cinema and spend £75, including popcorn. That's what we do. We do. Yeah. Even like for the VIP seats. Of course we do. Of course well, we do. It's already like two quid more, and it's just miles better. We don't do that though, Pete. We don't even go to the cinema. No, no. In fact, when we did go to the cinema, you said that we could sit in the VIP ones, and then we got moved, Pete. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, that you was made us sit in the VIP seats, and then a yeah. kid came in and moved us. Yeah, we have to move from here. Right, we're not, we're going now. <laughs> that was the worst film we'd ever seen. That was Harry Hill. Was that Harry Hill? Oh, was oh. that Harry Hill? We got moved. Oh god! No, no, we, did, no, we didn't no. walk out. We walked out of that. No, only did we get moved. We got moved from an empty cinema. Yeah. <laughs> literally, there was like three people in the whole place and yeah. there was me and you. Yeah, and literally, yeah. it wasn't just me and you. It was the kids as well. They were going to say, my God, we didn't mean you didn't just go and watch Harry Hill movie. For anybody out there, the Harry Hill movie, don't watch it. It's a pile of shit. It was really, really, really bad. I am true. It's truly one of the worst, worst things I've ever seen. What are we going to do about Russia, though, on a serious note? I brought that in before because I was trying to shoehorn it into the conversation regarding our political knowledge in this time of deep unrest. 
You mean to do with um, the Sol- Salisbury poisoning and, and stuff? Well, of like course. That. I mean, what, what else? What else would I be talking I'm not about? So, I don't really know much about it, but I mean, I'm almost sure Putin is not going to, you know, do something where he's just going to be blatantly them. Apparently, <clears> the particular <throat> nerve gas that it was is a particular strain that has only been developed in the area of the high-level government, and the only access to it is being in that kind of sphere. So it has to be somebody politically who's well, very... Well, you know, I mean, you, we, we all know that, you know, that sort of within their government there's going to be... They have their secret police and all sorts of mafia and different sects of different... But also the nerve gas didn't work properly, so they think that something went wrong with the actual stuff. It was the wrong kind of... Even when it was released, it was done incorrectly. So it could be someone who was trying to emulate that. No, 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 it's that stuff, but it was done incorrectly. Something happened, it was done incorrectly because they're both alive, whereas you're not going to live after you've got nerve gas. Do you know what happens with nerve gas? Don't you bleed through every... Every, every orifice, yeah. literally everything. Your whole immune system just like turns against you and you just basically drown. Oh, dear me. I know. So, I mean, uh, it's... I'd be like, that. how long have I got to get Dignitas? Well, I have Take seen, me I mean, I've watched a few, th- a few sort of interviews with... Um... President Putin, is it President He doesn't Putin? give a shit, does he? He doesn't give a shit, but he, he does seem to... Some of the things he says, you know, you think, you know, he makes you question, like, what people are blaming them for, you know, and it's not just, it might not be him, it might be the government that are with him. He might, you know, it's the same with what people, the conspiracy theorists and all sorts of people say, you know, you know, presidents and prime ministers and stuff were just puppets for you know, the money behind them, you know. So what you're suggesting is that the major dictator, Putin, who's been seen to lie throughout his incredulously aggressive reign of what can only be called causing massive unrest within his own communities, that maybe he could just be telling the truth? No, not really, yeah. Maybe you put it like that, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things he's not very nice. He's not a very nice person, is he, you know. But I agree with you about global <clears throat> domination and CEOs rather than corporations. Yeah, you know, corporations running I don't like to go too much into the conspiracy sort of side of things. No, because you know, it's rubbish. But I do, I do think there is <clears throat> a lot of money people behind, <clears throat> excuse me, about behind sort of prime ministers and presidents. Of course there is. Parties. That's how politics run. Yeah. So, and they're, and they're the ones who pull the strings. I mean... Don't know, do you? You don't know the amount of stuff that goes on behind closed doors. What you do know is that money rules, and that means that where there's money, there's always greed. Where there's greed, there's always corruption. Where there's corruption, yeah. you'll usually find a politician and a I business mean, person. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people probably. If you don't, if you if you're not really into looking at maps and stuff, you know, I think there's some people probably won't realise how big Russia is. I mean, you look and at, how close it is to America. It, how close it is to America? I mean, literally, you 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 you're just miles. From 30 the, miles, the, isn't it? From the like east that. coast of, of Russia, it depends on you look at it, from the east coast of Russia to the, le- to, to the uh, west coast of top of America. So you've got Canada and America, yeah. and then it's just, you go through, and you've got that little strait, and then you get to like Alaska and stuff. Yeah. And then there's an island in between. Is it an island in the sun? It's like, it's an Is island Is it will to me sun. by your father's hand? All yeah. my days, I'll live in praise. If you, never mind. Have you just have you just shoehorned a, a, a hymn? Maybe into the <laughs> podcast. Maybe have you just shoe, shoehorned a hymn. Might have. I bet you the hymn music is exactly the same as every other hymn music. It's not really <laughs> all hymns have the same music. It's not really, really hymn hymn in the same tradition as Oh the island in the sun. Will to me by my father's hand. <laughs> All my days I will live in praise of. Sorry, but that's how it's sung. Was that? Was that? Was that? Was that? I think it's Jamaican kind of tune. Yeah, it is. That's how it goes. I'm not. I'm just trying to think who sang it. I don't know, but I can't sing it in any other accent because that's how I remember it when yeah. I was a kid. Well, it wasn't Culture or Bob Marley, was it? It wasn't Peter Tosh. It wasn't no. Eddie. What's his name? Eddie. Oh, you know, Eddie. Eddie Grant. Eddie Grant, that's the one. I loved Eddie Grant. Eddie Grant's brilliant. He's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was Jamaican. Carry on anyway about the distance um, between. Yeah, so <clears throat> then there's an island and it's very odd because I sort of watched something on that and you'd think that they'd have like loads of, you know, not weapons like, you know, not to like missiles pointed at them, you know what I mean, each other. But there doesn't seem to be actually nothing there. You know, there's no like guards, there's no... 
Well, that's what it looks like from the outside. I don't know whether in the mountains, it's buried deep is like sort of some sort of you know gateways to the to country and stuff. But I guess there will be some sort of border and stuff. But it just it's very desolate and very bland on both sides. I think it's because genuinely, you can see it. Most people who are in Russia don't really want to go to America anyway, and most well, people in America don't really yeah, think. But it I is. mean, you know, it, it, Russia is so big. I know. You it know, is. I mean, I, I went to Russia and I it was the tiniest little part that we bloody seven years to get there but it was you don't realise how massive it is it is massive you know you had to drink vodka and eat fish eggs that was in um, Ukraine oh, right, but okay. it was the Russian I don't know what's going on with the Ukraine at the moment but it was like the Russian sort of side of the Ukraine yeah you went just before the massive unrest yeah, oh, yeah I'm glad I didn't go on it was unrest <laughs> it would have been terrible but yeah I had to uh, some Russian gangster owner of a load of bars got us up at seven o'clock in the morning and Demanded we drink vodka and eat fish pancakes. We, With his oh, three wives? Yeah, we had like well, three wives, a full proper wife. Anyone in the UK then, knows that one wife is absolutely enough. It's but they're all done up, they're all in the bikinis, all there already. You know, Again, that just, would never happen. See, I'd be a terrible Russian wife. Yeah. Well, I'd be the original Russian wife. I'd be the original one who could eat more than all of the other wives because I was the original Russian wife and I would be in charge of all of those and I'd be like, I'm going to sit here and eat this cake and you're just going to do everything else. We also went uh, out with them on the night after night as well and had a bite to eat with them and that was just surreal. They just kept... Um... You, honestly, right, I'll tell you what actually happened as well because me and Pete hadn't been together that long and he'd been on a music tour out in Russia and the Ukraine and <coughs> he would ring me from his hotel and he was like in a palatial hotel and I was like sitting at home in my badly fitted furniture bedroom just thinking about how different it must be to be on a music tour in the Ukraine and Russia. But when he came home, he decided, this is pre-vegetarianism, so as you remember, <laughs> pre-spiritual experience and epiphany with duck, and he decided that he was going to have shishami. Sashimi. Shishimi. Shishimi. Shishimi is basically, you get it out of the ocean and you eat it. That's it. Just get so it out. in the Ukraine, yeah. <clears throat> get it out of the ocean. No, no. You get it out of the ocean, you eat it. Yeah. Right. So he gets home, and obviously now he's all cultural, isn't he? He's all like, he's all mastered in the ways of the Ukraine and Russians, and he's decided that the way forward is to essentially eat lots of raw stuff, which is grotesque anyway. So off I go, toddling off to Tesco, although you can shop at any other supermarket. And I go to the counter and I'm like, can I have some raw salmon and raw tuna? And so they give it me and you put like soy sauce with it or something and I go home. Soy sauce and ginger. <laughs> and, that, and that other stuff, what's it called? Wasabi. Wasabi, yeah. So I go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I chop it up. And I present to it, and I can tell you now, I can reflect and go back to that memory because it's such a poignant one in my mind. Because watching someone who's trying to pretend that they're into all this new, healthy, nutritious, raw, dead stuff, and sitting there with the chopsticks because they're going for it big time, <laughs> and then you're watching them chew and chew and chew, and your face, it was like, I'm going to pretend this is great. I'm going to pretend this is great. And halfway through, I just went, is it not like the stuff you got in Russia? And you're like, no, it's not. I was like, it's just raw dead fish. Isn't it? Yeah, it's raw dead fish. I really don't like it. <laughs> Watching yeah. you was brilliant. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is lovely. Mm, you haven't put any rubber in with this, have you? Tastes a bit, tastes a bit, tastes a bit dead, but almost alive still. I can feel it beating. Genuinely couldn't believe it. It was disgusting. Yeah. I think it was just because I was that hungry over there and probably drunk <laughs> every minute. It would not have mattered that that guy had a gun and he was trying to make you eat caviar yeah. pancakes. While, while I'd be like, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> Last, not gonna, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. Yeah. Nothing. With a pull-up competition. Yeah, a pull-up competition that you had as well. God, what is it about men who do that? What is it about It was obvious men? I'd been working out, man. I was twice the size I was now. And it was obvious I was going to beat him. I know, but the thing is as well, what is it about men? Like, so, for example, let me tell you. If I'd been sat with a woman and we were just having a bit of a chat, maybe I was drinking a bit of vodka with her, yeah. And then all of a sudden she went, do you know what? Me and you, let's have a pull-up competition over there. <laughs> I'd have gone, no, 
And she'd have gone, oh, no, come on, I love it, I love pull-ups. And I'd have gone, I don't care, I'm not having a, I'm, I'm over the age of 35, I'm not having a pull-up competition with you. That would have been the end of it. You, yeah, I'll go and have a pull-up competition. <laughs> it's the same with men who go, I've heard this so many times, I'll arm wrestle you. Like, oh, you'll be yeah. sat in a pub and a lad will be like, I'll give you an arm wrestle. And the other lad will be like, no, 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 like, I'll, I'll give you an arm wrestle. And like, no, 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 no. And then inevitably... It gets everybody else involved. They're all going, go on, give me an arm wrestle. They have an arm wrestle. Yeah. And then they don't just have one arm wrestle. There's like several contenders step forward. What is it that's going on in anybody's head? I had, it... I had an arm wrestle once and it, and it hurt me that bad. I was injured for about six weeks after. And I promised myself that every time, if I ever had an arm wrestle again, I would, wouldn't lose. You know what I mean? That seems like a very sensible know, approach yeah, to arm wrestles. I mean, oh, I and then I realised, don't do just, them. Yeah, obviously realised, just don't do them, which the last time someone offered me for an arm wrestle, I just thought, I'm not going to do it because I will embarrass you. But it's so weird that men do that. It's like when you go to a kid's sports day. Yeah. And you'll know this because you were at one. The first year that we were together and you came to Tyden Evans' sports day and it was the dad's competition. Do you remember yeah. the running competition? And I swear to God, I don't think I have ever seen you look so determined or poised. Did I do it when you were there watching? Because I did it when I you was were looking well. around both ways, and you were just looking, and there was almost steam coming out of your nostrils as you breathed in and out, <laughs> concentrating fully, focused on your opposition. And then the, this is the kids' sports day, right? This is where people get ribbons just like for taking part. But no, you were in your moment ready for the Olympics. Oh, I was, I was bloody, what's it called? You had almost carved your own number you on your bought. chest. Yeah. And then he obviously he won. He won because quite a few of the dads were challenged in some way. <laughs> I'm pretty fast. Well, you were fast, but the point was, it's because you took it so seriously. There was no laughter oh, on your yeah. face. You oh, were... the other dads were like proper, right? You know, limbering up and that. There was one other lad, one other guy who had crashed into my car at some point that you just didn't like. Do you remember? He was in it. Was he? And you went and you were like a bullet. And honestly, it took you all your strength not to do three laps of honour. <laughs> What's he doing? Oh, she's doing his third lap now. She's gone round, round and round. Where's the cup? Where's the cup? I know. <clears throat> I remember I did it the last time I was there, Evans last year, our youngest. You weren't there, and I no. did it, and I ran that fast. At the end, I couldn't stop, and I went straight into the fence at the end. <laughs> Boom! And just fell over, grass everywhere, and I was just like, Jesus. It's a funny thing with parenting, though, isn't it? Because competition is just part of the parenting cycle. And you know what I'm like. I'm just not a competitive parent because I find it quite anxiety-provoking. Yeah. So I don't really want to know if your kid speaks Mandarin or can play the viola because I just don't want to be in that game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My kids were competition gymnasts and there is nothing more competitive than competition gymnast parents, honestly. Oh, it's, it's probably terrible. like the dance moms are probably similar. Mm. Honestly, right, it's so toxic that in the end, you just need to either not go and watch, which is what I did, or eventually your kids are like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're like, I really want you to do this because it's 18 hours of exercise a week. But then on the other side, you're thinking, but then I don't have to see all of these people who are just so angry with anybody who succeeds that they seethe. Like, they're like, oh, I'm really happy that you got first place, but secretly going, but you shouldn't have because my child's better. And I remember going and watching Tide and Evan in those situations and we'd occasionally be taken in for like a parent round robin of how we were all feeling and like a bit of motivation. And I remember one of the coaches going, so how are you feeling about your kids? And I just went, oh no, like I'm not like involved in this stuff. I just want my kids to look cool and be able to do backflips at parties when yeah. they're 15 and get girlfriends. And everybody just looked at me like I'd said something and I became a social pariah in that moment. You know, he was like, you are not a gym mom. And it's like, I'm not. No. I just, and you know what? Let me tell you this as well. First week of high school, when kids are trying to define who they are, my son did backflips and became popular. Yeah. So do you know what? That stood him good stead. Yeah. Simple as that. That was, uh, that was the whole reason why they were there. It's a bit like you learning breakdancing. It was all about getting girlfriends. Oh, it was. Of course it was. Well, it was two things. It was about getting girlfriends or getting in an American movie. Yeah. I mean, the American movie thing hasn't happened yet, but, you know... If you've been presenting. Uh, yeah. That could so, be your next A. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to do that. 
I'll be the over 40 Avenger. You did try to apply to be a Stormtrooper, but it never went through. No. I, I, I think I'm the right height. You are about the right height. Yeah. Four foot three? Six foot two. No, that's yeah, too big. You I think it'd be five eleven to be a Stormtrooper. Well, Harry and Wills are in the next one. No, you got that wrong. They were in the last one. Were they? And they got cut because they're too tall. They There's got... a scene, the only scene that they're in is in the outtakes because they were with the um, one of the main characters and you can see there's a you picture of You can't do that to the king cutting. and prince of England. You can't because he was too tall. Was like, I think it's 6'1 and 6'3 or something or 6'1 and 6'2, both of them. But so they could they... easily no, have just they're... made that fit. Couldn't... Just like, no. go down a bit. Oh no! Hunch up a bit. There's a specific height you've got to be when you're a stormtrooper. Well, you could be one. That's my height. Yeah, it is your height. Yeah, just. I think it's five ten, five eleven. Just below average. You're five nine. I'm not five nine. You are five nine. You're five nine and a half. You are five nine and a half. Look, no. (laughs) You are five nine and a half. You came in that day when the nurse had measured you and you said she told you you were five right, nine so we're and gonna a half. So we're going to have to do like a live measurement. We'll do a live measurement. It's five nine and a half. We'll and every, and no, nobody watching is going to be surprised, but you'll be surprised yet again. I don't know why you want to put yourself through this. We'll actually do a Facebook Live on why your Why do you want to Facebook put yourself page through this? To do a, we'll do a live measuring of Pete. <laughs> we'll do a live measuring of Pete. I'll say yes to that. Okay, then. We'll do that. Do you know what? I was reading the... Daily fail today because obviously daily, daily fail. Because <laughs> I read it every day because of Closer magazine because I write the life column for Closer. So obviously there's loads of like things about celebrities and you kind of know what people are going to be ringing you about before they ring you. But their headlines are properly mental. Mm. Literally, clickbait. The biggest clickbait there is, and you find yourself drawn in to the most salubrious of suggestions, don't you? You do, I know. You can't help it. So today, there was a story that basically said some woman is suing the family of five dead people who drowned. She's suing them, yeah. Why is that? Well, obviously you're going to find out, aren't you? I'll tell you why. Because after she witnessed... The father, who was drunk three times over the limit, his car rolled into a lock with all of his children and his wife in it, and consequently they drowned. She and her partner managed to get the baby out of the car. And so she's been off with post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's like suggesting that this woman who's a hero and involved in this situation is a negative person because she's trying to get money from the trust or the insurance, clearly, of this particular family. Like, imagine being there and watching five people drown, helping to save the baby, and then not being able to work because you're so traumatised by it. I wouldn't wouldn't be traumatised. But, oh, my God, it just makes people read it, doesn't it? You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, what kind of a person does that? But actually, a really good person does that. But the way that they framed it is she'll get loads of crap. She'll be given loads of really bad stick for that kind of information because it just makes people go oh how dare she be suing that family because of that when they're already in pain she's technically not suing the family though is she she's no. look, looking at get, getting out some money from but the, it's crazy the know. news at the moment is crazy it's like talking about russia before right when i think about russia i'm like can we all be a bit sensible here everyone is ostracizing russia this is not what we require because the last thing that we need in our society right now is division it's like the last thing there is like oh god i don't know about anybody else but you just sit there and you go like guys uh it's not working we none of this is working you know Mm. what i mean and i'm in the luxury of the uk privileged position there's a lot of it's it's doing it's history repeating itself oh it's it's like why don't we just do exactly what we've done all the time forever Mm. because we know that's going to not work so let's just try it again. Yeah, it is just history repeating itself. It's just ridiculous over and over again. It's just a big loop. All of it. And nobody's like really thinking about the mass consequences of it at the moment. It's like when you actually look at the political climate in the UK, it's very much directed towards individuals or communities, isn't it? So it kind of goes like this, right, who can we make the victim of all of our hate and propaganda? Mm, Right, you'll do. Right, let's throw everything at them to distract the real issues that are going on about us, which involve things like the government making decisions every single day that compromise our national health system, our education system, 
And there are groups of people who are going, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, yeah. for example, like the doctor's strikes and the student students' revolts and things like that. Um, Black Lives Matter, those kind of groups. And instead of that being met with some kind of acknowledgement of pride and look at these people trying to yeah. dictate what is correct and what is good for our future and protect people, they get called snowflakes, they get called all this negative stuff. So in the end, it deflects from the true issues, which is the core central concerns yeah. of all of these really important problems that we are facing in our society. And it just means that everyone goes, oh, we hate you now. We hate you. Or like say somebody from um, the Islamic community who goes, uh, guys, uh, guys, we're just, we're not all terrorists. We might, you know, even the ones who will go in, well, we might actually just want to live in our own communities. We might not really want to mix very much with mm. external communities. We're quite happy living our little lives in our little communities, in our non-Western way. And then even though they're causing, actually, when you look at harm, none, you still told to be directive with all of those negative emotions and all it does is dissuade us from looking up you know yeah, all it does yeah, is dissuade all, us from looking up uh, at the top guys yeah. going hang on a minute and they're slipping bills through like you're, right yeah line, you're which... screwing around with our whole world and our whole experience and the other thing is that funny thing actually i think you might have shown it me or somebody else showed it me yesterday it was a little gif about facebook and the fact that facebook have basically breached the trust of every single participant who is involved to sign up to that particular network. When you actually look at the data breaches, they are profound and disturbing. It's very much like the citizen for scenario, you know, where we see that the government, for example, have been sharing data about us and have been basically lying to us about <coughs> our own privacy laws and mm. snooping on us full stop. You know, if you've got naked pictures of yourself on your phone, babe, you ain't the only one seeing it. It's as simple as that. And you ain't going to be the only one seeing it for the rest of eternity because they exist and they're there. And that's the reality. Yeah. But Mark Zuckerberg has gone, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, what is going on in a world where an organisation that's made billions and billions and billions and billions of pounds has got a copy of all of your text messages, all of your Facebook messages, all of your pictures, your personal pictures? And there was this, like, gif where it was, like, uh, finding it out and it's just like somebody yawning and getting on with it, like, i.e., well, we don't really care. Mm. And that's actually the worst apathetic, completely disturbingly out of order reaction mm. you have had basically somebody come into your house rifle through every single picture you've ever had take a picture of it they've stolen every intimate detail of your diaries you know i.e. your phone messages and they've done it and people are going ah oh, never mind this whole idea that if you can't see it, it doesn't matter yeah. but that's where the real insidious context is where you can't see it and it's happening yeah and what should happen in those scenarios is Facebook should be closed down. I know. Really. It should be over. That should be it. Right. You're over. But because... It's money, though. Money. Yeah. Money makes everything disappear, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, you get somebody on a council estate who steals a loaf of bread <clears throat> or nicks some razors to feed an addiction. They go to prison. But you get somebody who commits corporate fraud and they get a slap on the wrist and maybe they don't get invited to as many dinners as they would be invited the year before getting yeah. found out because everybody really knows it's going on. That's the society we're living in at the moment. And this is a good society. You know, this is before we even look at the unfolding of developing worlds where actually there are even more socially constructed problems that are being forced by their governments. It's just terrifying. So going back to the initial thing about Russia, it's like, this is not what we need to do, is it? We don't need to nope. separate and segregate and isolate. Okay, they might have done something really bad but sending diplomats home and doing all of those things what is the bigger agenda there you know what is the bigger agenda yeah, especially they've got the world cup as a football world cup coming up as well so and i know there's going to be i think there's going to be a lot of issues over there with they're already piling up the russian uh the russian jobs aren't yeah, they all the training camps and you know they are training to fight not other teams fans they are training to fight the english yeah. And there's there's a lot of stuff on about it and the training camps that they're in, these guys are phenomenal. They are proper geezers, you know, trained, trained fighters, you know, gum shields in, you know, knuckle dusters, the full works, gloves, just going out just to scrap. But and they haven't met Jimbo, 
who comes from Merseyside, yeah. who can down 10 pints and eat six vindaloos yeah. and still stand up when he's punched. Yeah. And that's the truth. You can train them all you want, but you can't create a British hooligan anywhere else <laughs> but in Britain. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen there. So I just hope it doesn't, uh, people don't get hurt. But, you know, so if evidently the, the evidence is pointing that people are going to get hurt. From, it's just a crazy world. But there is actually like, politicians from Russia as well who are saying... You know, this is part of the Russian... You know, I know, but you know, Putin's one of those people that you see pictures of him riding horses half-dressed, yeah. you know, like that's like a, normal. Like can you imagine a, Theresa I'm sure May? I'm sure he's a minotaur. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. You can imagine Theresa, like, doing a Godiva, like, long wig on, no top on, riding yeah. through the streets. You know, one, that would be disgusting. But number two, you'd just point and laugh, wouldn't you? Mm. Because... Even though, fundamentally, what I've just said is very, very true regarding the way that we are dissuaded from looking up and persuaded to look around and blame each other, to some degree, we don't actually have a lot of trust for our politicians, which is ironic, because when you think about the Theresa Mays versus the Putins, Vladimir Putins, you know, you've got a different scenario there. One rules through fear, one rules through, you know, at least some kind of democracy. Mm. But it is screwed. Our system is screwed. When we look at things on TV or we'll be watching a documentary about somebody who's just gone off grid, you and me always feel exactly the same which is like we just want to do that how do we do that how do we just go off grid how do we just live a different life it's so difficult because you can kind of see what the fractures are and you can see the problems but you just can't reach in and change them because it's so big and then it's how do I not feel helpless and how do I not feel overwhelmed and how do I still feel socially conscious and that's something that I'm actually saying in a series of questions because I don't have the answers yeah this is why someone like Ed Snowden is is quite quite sort of a hero, really, for mm. a lot of people, including himself. But again, not, people know. just built him up as if he was a complete yeah. snide. You know, as far as they were concerned, they called him a traitor. Yeah, well, he reached in and he saw, you know, what was in Pandora's box. And, you know, he was... And he still is. I mean, you know, what a phenomenal fella. You know what I mean? He's literally trying to show the world what's mm. going on, really, you know. I don't um, think I could be as brave as him. Yeah, well, you know, it's obvious that it took him, I don't know, it must have just been eating away at him. But he just gave up everything, didn't he? He gave yeah. up everything, every Love, bit of safety. Life, family, anything, yeah. Well, she's gone back over she, to yes, be with him, has. so well, I mean, his girlfriend. A, I mean, he is literally... He's, he's an absolute pariah. Mm. And I mean, in America, he's known as an absolute traitor. He's a pariah. The fact that he's probably one of the bravest people in our modern history as far as refusing to toe the party line and whistleblowing on governments, you know, he is it. But at the same time, the truth is that does that buy him any peace at night when he's not even seeing his parents and he's not allowed back to his homeland because as far as they're concerned, mm. he is the biggest traitor that Where is he at the moment? He's, Russia. He's in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange world we live in, you know. It's a strange world we live in because right now we have the capacity for every single human being to eat, every single human being to receive the right health and provision, every single human being to get education, every single human being to have more money than they would ever need to live a life that was good and solid and happy. And you know what? It's not going to happen because some people want miles more. Mm. Just simple as that. True. You know, it? some people want miles more. Some people see their importance level are so much bigger and greater than somebody without. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Even when people talk about money, old money, new money, it all comes down to the new same orange. thing. Yeah, who needs that much money? But obviously, that's a conscious objection that I feel exists because I don't think that materialism is healthy. I think that's what makes me unhealthy. I don't want to chase any of those dreams. I don't want to chase a yacht. I don't want to chase a bigger house. I don't want to chase a bigger car. That I think makes you really unhappy in the long term. Yeah. But when you have so much money that you don't even have to contemplate those thoughts and feelings, i.e. should I buy that and have a bigger car because I've earned this much more, when it's just so commonplace that you can have literally anything and everything as often as you want it, then to some degree you just become completely neglectful of your actual self, well, neglectful of other people's importance and so aware of your own self-importance because people start treating you differently. In fact, that's one of the things that I've seen when I've gone and visited places where I am not privy to that world. I've been invited into that world, but it's not my world. I don't want to be part of it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel uncomfortable just eating in Brown's Hotel. <laughs> Again, well, we felt ridiculous in Brown's. It was mm. very beautiful and it was paid for by somebody else, but... That's what I mean. We were hidden in a corner, didn't we? Yeah. 
It was crazy. It's a crazy different world, isn't it? You know? It's it just, is a different world. You know? When I was growing up, though, I never dreamt of money. It was never I would like to have. It was always different things, like what I'd like to be, what I'd like to do. Yeah, yeah. It was always experiential versus materialistic. I wasn't picturing myself living in an amazing place. I used to have a fancy when I was a kid about living in New York. And in my fancy in New York, I like had a loft apartment. You know, that was it. Not a big loft apartment, just like a small loft apartment. Yeah. I never really thought big. I yeah. always kind of thought possible. Well, it's still time. I know. The American dream. Yeah. Great Gatsby doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. You'll all get racked and ruined and feel terrible. Yeah, but the thing is as well, America, it sounds great, doesn't it? But you know and I know that if we were anywhere near middle America, we'd just hate it. Yeah. Well, it's got to be sort of, you know, New York. You've got to live in New York, haven't you? Well, Miami might be nice. Miami would be great. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Miami for a bit. Yeah. You could go down the beach and have some pull-up competitions. Oh, yeah, with some, obviously, not necessarily Russian mafia, but... (laughs) You know. It's what they do, though, isn't it, down that beach? Yeah, Muscle Beach. Is, is it called Muscle Beach? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so sad. Yeah, muscle Beach. Ah! Everyone's down there on muscles. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> We've got another saying guest this weekend. We have, and this is going to be good. This is going to Duke Street, no, Duke Studios in Leeds, small, intimate little venue in Leeds, because obviously it's Duke Studios in Leeds, <laughs> and that's with drumroll. An amazing <clears throat> older DJ called Nicky Ciano, who is one of the originals from Studio 54. <clears throat> so we're going to go on disco. We're going to disco. We've learned a routine, obviously. Yeah. We're, we're taking right back to the roots. Absolutely. We're going to be like there's shimmying. Only 100, 100 people in that, you know. I know. I feel really intimidated by the fact there's only 100 people there. I really do. I like why? What a hundred people? People are going to be checking out how you're dancing, aren't they? It'll either go. Well, that's why we've been practicing our routine. We haven't been practicing no. our routine. I don't want anyone to boots. actually believe that. But on a genuine note, I am slightly nervous because of the fact that in a hundred people, I mean, I could get fifty people in this kitchen. I know. So. I'm going to know if there's 50 people in this kitchen, exactly what the people over in the, that side and over in that side are doing. And I'm going to be checking out their grooves. And you know how I am. I go and watch like a Broadway musical and I think I should probably be in it. It's as simple as that. I have this transference where I'm like, I can do that. And I can't do it. And nobody in, in their right mind will ever think that I could do that. It's like Strictly Come Dancing. I'll watch and I'll think, I can, I can do that and do that. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I'm totally oh, terrible at stuff like that. I've just got this vision of every time someone walks into the venue, there's only 100 people there. It's going to be one of those disco dancing world champion entries. You know, where the, the entrance. Yeah, like doing the splits and, and everything. Go, and this is Finland. And they come yeah. in and they're like... Oh, oh, oh. Or like on Greece, where they used to like come round and like interview you whilst you were dancing. Yeah, that's exactly it. But... <laughs> It's just going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. But it's a yes. We're doing a yes. I know we're doing so. a yes, but I haven't even got an outfit. Oh, we'll just go to the uh, local ding-dong store. What do you call it? Fancy dress. And we'll get a 70s outfit each. So inappropriate. No, that's another thing. When you go into like a little intimate venue, you have to look like, kind of cool. I don't look cool. I've not looked cool ever. We'll look all right. I don't think I will. You have clothes that you can wear. I have literally nothing. I literally have nothing. What, what am I going to wear? I don't know. I'm actually having a breakdown on this podcast yeah. regarding what I'm going to wear, but we have said yes, and we are going to go dancing, yeah. and it is going to involve 70s theme and disco. Yeah. So that's more, I think it's doing. more disco going through to sort of... Um, is it funk? Yeah, going into Yay. funk and a bit more of a house sort of feel as well. So that's so loads of yeses. I don't go out ever. I never, ever go out. This What's is it like, update? We'll update on the next podcast of how well, it Actually, ends. I'm meeting my uh, my brother's new girlfriend as well. Yeah. It's the first time. First time. Had a few Facebook messages between us, as is the etiquette these days when you're uh, meeting somebody new in your world. You know, it usually is a Facebook connection, a little bit of a chat, not too much. You don't want to seem like you're too intense, but not too little. You don't want to seem like you're rude. We've all been there. That's where I'm now. So I'm meeting her physically for the first time. So we'll be able to interview her accordingly, dependent on dance moves, physical interaction with us, and genuineness between brother and her. (laughs) I've got my score score sheet ready. There'll be the different levels that we'll yeah. be acknowledging in that moment. And we'll update you in our next podcast. I know. So not only are we saying yes to disco, we're saying yes to meeting a potential sister-in-law. Oh, it's all going on, isn't it? My gosh. My gosh. I think that's time, isn't it, now? 
our podcast to end. Uh, what have we covered today? We've covered Russia. We've covered the increased discomfort between nations. We've covered yes to pretty much everything, but not Shashami or whatever it is. Shashimi. Shashimi. Ed, Ed Snowden. We've covered Ed. We love Ukraine. Ed. Ukraine. And pretty much everything, because that's what we're here to do. And of course... The running theme throughout our podcast is Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Anybody who's listened to this today will feel a complete empathy with that moment. You didn't see their faces. I said the words, I felt them come out of my mouth and I regretted it within a moment. And even though my sister said she'd have asked for Chardonnay, so at the end of the day, I completely equal in our choices. The point was, it was something that I will never forget. And you know what I'm going to do from now on? You know what I'm going to say yes to? What? The wine list. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say yes to you from now on. Yeah. Don't try and freestyle it. Just take the wine list, Emma. Have a read. If it's not on there, don't ask for it. Yeah. That's a life lesson. Life lessons with Emma Kenny and Peter Smith. Join us next time for Making Sense of It. Thanks for being here.